Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Today, we're chatting with holistic brand strategist and copywriter, Krista Consolves, and she is here today to tell us more about what a brand voice is and why all business owners should really have clarity around their brand voice. She helps us understand at what part of our business journey we should start developing our brand voice and helps us understand some of the more common mistakes people make when trying to figure it out. So she has so many wonderful tips to share with copywriting and branding and setting up your website and all these wonderful things. So I can't wait to dive in and share Krista's advice with you. Today on the podcast, we have Krista Consolves, which I'm so excited. She's here to talk to us about finding your brand voice, which is something I think we get like basically zero training on in the world of nutrition. So I think this is going to be highly valuable for everybody listening. And I'm so grateful that she's here to share her wisdom with us. So thank you, Krista. Oh, thank you, Erica. I'm so excited to be one of your first podcast guests and so excited for you to uh, be entering the podcast journey yourself for your business. Yeah. So uh, I'm thrilled. Well, I like to start out these episodes by kind of getting some background information about my guests. So everyone listening feels like they know who you are and your journey and your career and what you have to offer on this interview today. So can you give us kind of a higher level overview of your career journey? Like, how did you get into the field of nutrition in general? How did you start your career? And like, how did it evolve to where it is today? Yeah, you bet. It would probably be a shorter list to say what I haven't done. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll start and give you a little, a little overview of how it kind of all went for me. It was a, it's been a 15-year-in-the-making career through the health and wellness industry, actually. It goes back to having started a Bachelor of Science that was in marine biology, of all things. I know, I really honestly did think I was going to swim with dolphins for a living. That was my major, was marine biology, and my minor was actually in nutrition, dietetics, and kinesiology. So I, I did have that strong background there, and although I didn't really go into any of those fields for quite some time, it was when I started my own personal fitness training and outdoor boot camp company that really uh, launched into the world of health and wellness. And so it was from my experience as a fitness and outdoor boot camp trainer that everyone wants to know what the trainer eats and what the trainer does for their own, you know, nutritional practices. And so that really got me kind of fired up and, and really fueled those passions. And it was right at that time that I got married and very quickly got pregnant with my, my first, which was 11 years ago now, that I decided to actually shift fully from fitness into nutrition. And it was kind of a good time because it was getting pretty hard at nine months pregnant to go bouncing around outdoor on the, the beaches and fields with my clients. So it was a real natural move into the, the field of nutrition. And so after I'd had my child and gave myself a little time for recovery, I was ready to go and start up a nutritional practice. 
And so having done that for a few years, really enjoyed it, uh, working one-on-one, developed a few group programs, and really enjoyed giving workshops to groups of women, started specializing a little bit more and more, and then became quite involved in kind of a focus area of women's health and nutrition and hormones. So it was all day, all night hormones. And, you know, it was from that point that a smoothie bar made its way into my business somehow. I know it kind of made sense at the time. And during that experience, which just felt like one big old business, let's just call it experience. I don't want to call it a mistake, experience. It was in that time that I thought, you know, I I really want to get back at home with my kids. That's where I was able to be with my kids when they were very young. And so it worked out perfectly to be at home, but continue running a business. So how was I going to marry that with having nutrition practice offline kind of clinically and running this smoothie bar, but then still be at home with my kids. So the solution was online business. So I made that transition, thought, well, how hard could it be? Offline to online is pretty much the same, right? Made every mistake in the book there, (laughs) taught myself all the basics and learned along the way. Because as we know, and I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners would probably be nodding their head in agreement, when we're going through our nutrition or dietetics or, or other health practitioner coursework, you're not learning hardly a darn thing about business and certainly not the kind of ins and outs of online business. Definitely. So, <laughs> And what year was that around when you were transitioning online? Online would have been going back six years now. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So 2013. And so it, it was reasonably you know, young at the time, but I felt like a fish out of water. Going back to my marine biology days, definitely fish out of water. Did you take any courses or anything to help you or you just sort of... I did a lot of online learning. I signed up for every freebie imaginable I resonate with that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And while that is helpful on some levels, it is certainly not helpful on others because you get into absolute information overload. I didn't realize at the time that there was better ways of learning. And the way I discovered that was starting to reach out to other people who I would regard as mentors and just asking for the help that I needed. So it did take me a few years. Perhaps it was my pride talking that I can do this all myself, darn it. I'm self-sufficient. I am I am Wonder Woman. I can do it. That you know, you don't have to do it all. Oh, that's I'll just say that. And you really should seek help, collaborate, connect, and you know, outsource. But moving back to kind of my business journey from fitness into nutrition, from offline to online, it was upon realizing that a smoothie bar was not my jam. And I really did want to be back at home and really make a a go of the online business. So the first thing I did was to start a blog. And I'm going to be honest, six years ago, I didn't know what a blog was either. (laughs) Again, learning day to day, kind of minute to minute, really. So it was really quite random. And the name of that blog was Making Lemonade. That was my my first step and journey into the, the online world. It was completely and utterly random, but I did learn. And so from there, my uh, practice got back into full swing. And one of the very last clients that I saw in like a, a real life, uh, you know, offline setting, 
just happened to be another nutrition student and she was about to graduate and we had been talking all about hormones and and was helping to guide her through her hormonal struggles at the time and then as we ended the session she said could I just classic pick your brain (laughs) about business for a minute and I thought okay sure let's let's talk about business that's fine as she started asking me her questions about how how does one go about learning how to you know be a business person a business owner and not just a nutritionist it struck me right in that moment everyone's having the same problem that i did not only learning their business principles altogether that you are wearing multiple hats at the same time and i became so kind of reinvigorated not only with nutrition but nutrition business and all of the experiences, all of those mistakes that I had made. And I was just, I was so eager to share them with her. It, it was just the light bulb moment. And so that was when I knew I needed to help other women, you know, young women entrepreneurs and to help them understand first and foremost, that not only are you a nutrition and health professional, you also have to put on this separate business hat and let me help you because that's going to be scary (laughs) and overwhelming. And it really was from there. So the kind of transition or graduation into the online space happened with the Making Lemonade blog. So I really started to get my feet wet there. And then this chance, you know, consulting session that I had with this young woman who I I thanked her over and over again because she didn't realize in that moment how she, she... truly changed my life in the course of my my business and so here we are and now I uh, identify as a holistic brand strategist and copywriter for health practitioners and wellness entrepreneurs so while it seems full circle and completely different from how I started you know my roots in the health and wellness industry it makes complete sense to me today. <laughs> I totally resonate with that personally as well. And I do think, I mean, I, I did a lot of DIY stuff as well, starting out and granted, yes, it probably took both of us like longer than it needed to, to get to where we wanted to be. But like you do learn a lot and you gain a lot of wisdom from your mistakes and it, you are very well trained through your own experiences to help other people not make those same mistakes. So yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. And your how you explained the excitement about helping other people with business, I felt that too. And then it was like, oh, I think I'm like more excited about this than even talking about nutrition stuff. So yeah, I think it's really cool. And I think there's not enough. It's it's sort of a weird path. Like there's not a, a lot of people get into nutrition because they want to talk about nutrition. And so there's not so many people who have an experience of running a nutrition business and then helping others with the business aspect because a lot of them are just running their nutrition business that they started because they love it. So I think this is a really unique niche and really valuable for people. So thank you for coming on today. You are most welcome. (laughs) So as a holistic brand strategist and copywriter, what kind of services do you offer people? Like who is your ideal client and what do you do to help them? So again, it's everything is evolving and transitioning. And I, I am certainly you know, not to, to differ with that. Same as my clients. Recently, I've actually shifted from doing more service-based. So again, it was working one-on-one with clients. And uh, now I've realized it's exactly the same as I did with my nutrition practice. I really wanted to reach more people. So I wanted to move to that one-to-many model. 
So that's exactly what I'm doing with the current business and transition from making lemonade, as I said, into Krista Gonsalves Co. It was just a, a branding move that I decided to make recently, all about branding. But I want to now not only help people in a one-to-one sense or either do the copywriting for them or uh, do the brand strategy and just have them, you know, show them how to implement. I want to show them how to do it themselves. I want to empower them to, and talk about money savings because whether you're hiring myself as the brand strategist or myself as the copywriter or someone else, that's a, that's a premium service that ends up taking a lot of time and a lot of energy and therefore a lot of hours get put into that, which I do love. I get so involved in my clients' businesses such that it feels like it's my own. You know, I take it on as my own baby, but I want people to feel that passionately about their business and their platform and their brand. So I want to teach them the exact steps that it takes to do that themselves and be a better writer because I say everyone can write. A lot of people would differ with me on that, but everyone can write. It's just implementing those right tools and making it a habit to being a better content and copywriter, whatever you know your business needs are in that time, whether it's just writing blog posts or whether it's going right ahead and getting your, your website content nailed down, or you're going to dive into the world of sales pages, whatever that might be. I want to teach you the tools and get them right in your own pocket to be able to do that yourself. So that's what I'm moving towards. We couldn't have planned this better. I just interviewed Anna Reisdorf all about becoming a freelance writer. And we were kind of talking about, you know, ways to get better at writing. And the main gist was like, just keep practicing. But I would love to have like resources to send people to if they really want more guided help. And this sounds perfect. So what a great segue between episodes, talking about writing and then talking about getting better at writing. And you know how much I love Anna's resources as well. That's where we actually met, isn't it? Is RDs Who Write. It's that Facebook community. And that's where we first made our connection, I think. So the time is right. (laughs) Coincidences aren't coincidences, I don't think. Totally. So in terms of how you you help people either one-on-one or through your programs, I think one thing that you talk a lot about is helping people find their brand voice. So that's kind of what I wanted to focus on in today's interview. So like, what is a brand voice, first off? Yeah, you bet. So when people first think, when you say the word brand or branding, first of all, probably Starbucks, Apple, (laughs) Volvo, you know, big ticket brands, Nike, that have big, you know, noticeable, memorable symbols, logos, icons, colors, taglines, those things. So we automatically think of branding as being those visual cues, right? Those kind of takeaways. But what I'd like to kind of bring it back down to basics, when we talk about branding or a brand as it pertains to health practitioners, health business owners, or, you know, nutrition professionals, wellness entrepreneurs, we're usually doing it ourselves. It's usually just us. We're, you know, solopreneurs. So it's about the personal brand. And that's where the idea or the concept or the very foundation of brand voice is so much more critical because I think it's the heart. It's the beating center of your personal brand. And I'm sure you've heard this one, Erica. It is you are your brand, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so the sooner you can kind of embrace that concept the further you're going to go and the faster you're going to get to where you want to go with your nutrition business. So brand voice then refers to the personality 
but more so the, the, uh, the emotion. It's that emotion kind of like infused into a brand's, like all of their communication. So the words, the language, basically everything that's written and spoken within your business, about your business, about your brand, and it has to be really consistent. So the example I like to give is, say you've got a bit of a potty mouth. You're dropping F-bombs and you're being a you know total jokester all over your social posts, for example. But then if somebody were to then redirect and drop in on your website, for example, and it's all serious and, and very formal language and you use a lot of scientific jargon, the, the two don't really mesh. They don't, you know, I'm, I'm not finding a connection there. I'm not finding consistency. So that's where your brand voice needs to kind of permeate all of your written and spoken materials. So it's going to... That's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's something that people don't maybe consciously think of necessarily when they're working on their, their content. But I love that you're pointing it out because it really, it does make a difference. Absolutely. And its main purpose is to connect, magnetize. But in today's world where everything is digital, 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 even if you have an offline real world brick and mortar practice, you know that your digital presence is ever more important and it's going to, it's, it's not going to slow down. It's not going to be less so important in the future. So you need to make sure that that brand voice that starts to shine through and you start to get, you know, used to nailed down and really starts to evolve and permeates everything. It starts to really cut through that noise because there is so much noise out there and it's got to make that lasting impression with your audience. Because I remember that I said that that's what it is. That's what branding is. Essentially. It's a feeling. It's a feeling you walk away. Have you ever heard that quote from the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, where he says, branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. That's really good. Right? So imagine that you're at a branding party. Each person represents a different brand. And remember, as nutrition professionals who are also business owners who are probably doing it solo, each of you represent your own brand. So you all walk into the party, you're all mingling and chatting and and getting to know each other. And then you excuse yourself and go to the bathroom. What is that little group of brands going to say about you when you've left the room? Because they are going to talk. Let me tell you, that's what they do. (laughs) So do you think this is something where you just sort of instinctually know what your brand voice is? Or is it something that you plan or you ask people what their perceptions of you are? Or how do you get started? That's a fantastic question. And I think that's what most people stumble on the most. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't have that, you know, cool, unique out there brand voice going on yet. Let it settle. So if you're a brand new entrepreneur, if you're just getting into it, don't, don't worry about it. You got, you got so many other fish to fry. You've got so many other things on your plate. It will come to you. It will, it maybe not as natural as you think, but there will be an evolution. So just take, for example, when I first started off with um, making lemonade, I thought because I started that platform under that particular name, and the reason why I chose that name is because I was having all of my own health struggles at the time, and I thought, oh, I need to do something with these damn lemons. <laughs> Squeeze the hack out of them, make some lemonade. I went, ding, making lemonade. That's my blog name. It then became a business name. But under that kind of budding brand and just figuring out what that all meant, what did the, what were the colors going to look like? What were the, what was the logo going to look like? 
how do I want my persona? Do I need to be this sweet, cutesy, using fresh, juicy, and using that kind of language, a very um, uppity, almost motherly, you know, mother earth nurturing tone? Well, that's not me. (laughs) But I felt like that is what fit with the brand at the time. So there was a very distinct evolution for me personally. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've wasted so much time. Why didn't I just go with what I knew, who I was, what felt uh, natural and honest and authentic to me? Because I, I doubted and I was listening to other you know, branding gurus at the time and what the, what the industry you know, experts were talking about branding at that time. But I knew in my gut, in my heart, it didn't feel right. So that was an evolution for me. So I realized that that whole period of time, which was probably a year and a half to two years, just figuring it out, was exactly what needed to happen. So to answer your question more directly is don't force it because when you force it, you are going to force being inauthentic and people can spot that a mile away. Mm, I agree. If you're trying to be kind of put on or worse. And I did this, guilty, guilty as charged. I, I, I was copycatting. I was looking at other kind of, you know, big influencers in the industry and inadvertently was picking up their little branding isms and, and the little lines and words. And, and I felt them coming out of my mouth and going, Ugh. it was a real ick factor for me. So if it was an ick factor for me, it's an ick factor for my audience. That is such good wisdom. Wow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that comes with making every mistake in the book for the last 10 years. Let me tell you. Yeah, I I totally agree that authenticity is paramount for everything. Not just a buzzword. (laughs) Yeah, and it's easier to be authentic than it is to try to fit into a box that you think you need to be in. And then when you're just being yourself, it you get to show up with ease, I feel like. And then you'll naturally attract the right people to you especially if you were trying to put on like a really buttoned up front and then you attracted all those types of people who are looking for that type of audience. And then you're right. It can get exhausting to show up in a way that's not really you. So I love that that's your rec- like a really good solid recommendation um, for people who are getting started thinking about their brand voice. Yeah. Yeah. Besides your own journey and evolution, do you have any like cool stories about maybe how someone worked on their brand voice and it kind of like helped grow their business or just sort of hone their vision maybe? Yeah. One that comes to mind because their brand has always stuck out for me. I actually ended up working with these gals and that's Jenny and Mirna from Naughty Nutrition. Just an absolutely adorable brand. I fell in love with it instantly. I found myself wanting to lurk their website and lurk all over, you know, follow them everywhere. I just thought everything about them just, it just checked all my boxes, you know, because just because I was a nutrition professional myself, I'm, but I'm also a, a health seeker. I'm very interested and passionate just for my my own self, my own family. So everything that they were putting out just really just got me. I said, you are speaking to me. So we ended up connecting on a professional level. As it turned out, I was so excited to work with them. And what they wanted to do, because they were actually quite a new platform, having been solopreneurs, having their own nutrition practices, you know, holistic nutritionists coming together, teaming up and wanting to unify on this platform, Naughty Nutrition. But what they needed to do, because they were two separate people coming in and two very different personalities, I will add, it was the perfect challenge for me because what they challenged me with is helping them to write copy and pull out their brand voice 
because they had two very different girls from totally different cities had come together and they needed to appear as one unified grant. So it was amazing to watch them grow and work together, but, but just to pull that voice out. So what we did was gave their brand human characteristics and that just hit it home. So they wanted to be fun and a little bit flirty out there and totally no BS. So I think their tagline is something like 90% nutrition, 10% chocolate, 0% BS. I love that. Right? And that, that actually spawned the whole persona that they put out and then the voice. And so we really worked on everything that was throughout their web copy to the blog posts that they were putting out to any interviews, podcasts, guest posts that they were doing, sponsor posts as they started to work with other brands and support other uh, brands in their growth. And then in uh, their social posts, everything was super consistent and clear. And it was just amazing to watch their platform just explode from that point. So that's always been just one of the biggest success stories because it wasn't just one person. So what a challenge it was to take two very different personalities and bring them together working as one. But you honestly felt like even though you could visually see uh, you know, lots of different pictures, videos of the two of them working together, you still felt that it was one consistent brand personality and voice. I love that tip about thinking about your brand as a person. I, I haven't heard that one before. I, I can't say that I've done a ton of reading or work on branding. So I'm excited to ask you these questions because I feel like I'm learning a lot. Yeah, that seems like it makes so much sense because then it's easier. It goes from being such a nebulous concept to a lot more concrete and easier to move forward, I think. So do you typically recommend just like literally writing down like adjectives and stuff or describing your brand as as a person? That's exactly it. So when I start into a brand strategy session with any given client, we go through a lot of really hard questions. And I find uh, that it's almost like a, um, you know, a therapy session with the person because they haven't asked themselves these things before. They just thought, okay, well, I'm going to be you know, Kathy's optimal wellness zone. And it's just going to be, it's, it's all very generalized. But when you think of that business, whatever you have called it, whether you, you've used a business name, a company name, or your own name, like I shifted into doing from making lemonade to Krista Gonzalez Co., I still ended up thinking in the evolution of making lemonade, I was still the person, very much like you've done with Unconventional RD, Erica. Everyone knows the person behind that business. And you've done an excellent job in doing that. And it was just so smart to make sure that people know that it's not just some great big conglomeration, this whole team of people. I think that was the mistake that that um, especially health practitioners were making a number of years ago is wanting to appear as something so much bigger than they are when there's not a thing wrong with being the face, the person, the woman behind that brand. In fact, if you think about it, people do business with people, period. That's just it. 100% agree. And yeah, I, I do feel like part of it might be the schooling that we get. We 
are, you know, we, we're in very professional environments, like in a hospital where we're in a lab coat, you know what I mean? And you're, there is a expect, expectation to maybe act a certain way when you're working and representing someone else's brand. And then it's sort of different and very freeing when you are starting your own thing and you realize, oh, like I can, I can just be me or I can be whatever I want to be. I don't have to follow someone else's set of rules or expectations. So yeah, I think that's a, a mindset shift that new new entrepreneurs go through. And this sort of ties in, I think, because I haven't necessarily, as I said, done a lot of branding specific work, but I have done quite a bit of work about trying to figure out your target market and your ICA, your ideal class customer avatar or client avatar. So it feels like there's a lot of parallels here. Is that something that also ties in when you're thinking about your branding? Like who are you talking to and who are you trying to attract? Absolutely. And you just, you hit the nail right on the head there. Because like, if you consider that brand voice, I, I mean, it's it's meant to be heard, but it's meant to be remembered by your audience, right? The, the people that you are trying to gather in and magnetize towards you, to your businesses, to your, or to your business, to your services, to your programs or to your products, whatever that, that platform looks like for you. So you want them to feel, it's all about that feeling, that emotional invoking that in them. You want them to feel a certain way after they've had an interaction with you or your brand. So you got to make sure it sounds nice to them. <laughs> so, but like you said, to know that and whether they are telling you directly, which is probably not the case that they're, Hey, I really like what you said there. And you're not going to get that kind of feedback. People just aren't, aren't going to offer that up to you unless you're doing some kind of poll or, or, uh, you know, a, a paid <laughs> quiz or something. So in order to know what they like, you, you have to do that research. You have to dig into your demographics in order for you to create kind of that music to their ears, what they're going to resonate with. So the language, the tone, the type of messaging that you're using, that's all what comes into developing that brand voice that is going to work. So this, of course, comes from diving into what your ideal client or who your ideal client or your ICA, as you called them, is. So that's your, your ideal client avatar. So the difference there is an ideal client is, say you could take one person, just one, and you could clone them that you want to work with over and over and over because you get them, they get you. It's just like, you know, so that's ideal client. So then lending to that ideal client avatar the avatar is the, the personification. So obsessively knowing everything about that one cloned person. So that means you're going to have to dig deep. Again, it doesn't happen overnight. This does take some research and you do find out these things over time. But that is, are they male? Are they female? How old are they? What communities do they run in? Where do they work? Uh, are they married? Do they have kids? Do they have pets? Uh, what are their, what do they do in their pastimes? You know, what, what jazzes them up? What's their health goals? What kind of nutritional habits do they have? What are their, what are their fitness habits look like? Do they not have any? It, it's going to be, and then you start getting into the little things. Where do they hang out offline? Where do they hang out online? Are your people on Facebook? Nope, they're absolutely not on Facebook. So why are you hanging out on Facebook when that's not where your people are? So it really starts to come down to those little details. So. You can imagine that if you don't know 
precisely with as much great detail as you can possibly gather, how on earth are you going to know how to speak to them? So uh, that's where brand voice and Mm -hmm. your ICA are just married. Yeah, it's like a nice overlap of what naturally comes out of you and who receives that and in alignment, you know? So I do think that it is a little bit of a trial and error just from my own personal experience. I think paying attention to when you work with different types of clients or even when you do different types of work with the same clients, um, what feels good, what feels easy, what lights you up, what are you excited to get out of bed and do? I think, unfortunately, for a lot of us, maybe at some point in our lives, we've taken a job or a gig that we didn't really innately love. um, And we lose sight of the fact that it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can wake up and love every single thing you're doing or, you know, most things because you're the boss. So (laughs) it's not something you love. Why are you doing it? Like you can totally make the choice to pivot. So yeah, I think some of it, you just got to try stuff and figure it out. And then you get a little more clarity with your ICA. I do think that one common question that at least that I've gotten is, you know, people freak out a little bit to get that detailed because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to only help one person. Like I want to help a lot of people. So can you help give some clarity for our listeners about, you know, how does getting so specific to one person help you build your brand? And and how does it not like some people think, oh, it's going to box me in or restrict me in some way? You bet. Again, I am the classic (laughs) example of that. When I first started the Making Lemonade blog, I wanted to help every woman in the universe (laughs) who might maybe sort of kind of be having a health problem. (laughs) So I spoke in the most random, broad, general terms imaginable. I mean, on one day I'm talking about the evils of decaffeinated tea and on the other one I'm talking about poop. And that, (laughs) so my, it was honestly whatever I thought as long as it was a health topic, as long as I could tie it back to specifically women's health and nutrition, I was good. It it was just flopping. I felt like I was talking to absolutely no one because I was. So me thinking I needed to be as broad as possible to, to hit all of those little pockets of women who might be interested in decaf tea and who might be interested in talking about poop. It was when you are speaking to everyone, you are speaking to no one. So I, I know that gets said and it, it's, I, I personified that a <laughs> hundred times over. And it was once I really dialed in on the thing that I knew most about and what I was realizing so many other women were struggling with. Talk about pain point. It was hormones and really more specifically, it was adrenals and thyroid. So then I talked all the live long day about those things and boom, my business exploded. It felt like it was overnight and I could barely keep up with it because I kept getting booked for talks. And could you write this article for me? And could you do you know, this project for us? Could you write a program all about that one thing? Because I realized that is what my target demographic, which then started to get narrower and narrower women 35 to 45 who were married with kids and who were too busy to take the steps necessary to implement all of these little you know lifestyle changes and were getting stressed out beyond belief so that their adrenals were becoming you know uh, I don't want to say the word burnout there's a lot of controversy there but dysfunctional adrenals unhappy adrenals and unhappy thyroid and so it went 
So me being prime example, once I started narrowing in not only on my IC, which was no longer all women <laughs> of every age, of every, of every kind, of every you know, possible health problem, my business absolutely exploded and I couldn't have been more thrilled. And it was just, ah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like when you understand not only just like the demographics and stuff of your of your person you're trying to speak to and attract, like when you really understand, like when you were telling that story, you even naturally just did this where you were you were telling a story of your client, like, oh, they're burnt out, like they they're they're going, 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 they're moms, they have kids, like that's what bring people see themselves when you're talking about those stories and then feel a connection with your brand. So you're able to get specific. You're not just talking, you're not like an 18 year old who's starting college isn't going to resonate with the same message as like a 45 year old woman with 18 year old kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. That was exactly it. And I, I essentially had been my ideal client. And so I could speak to my ideal client with such genuine compassion and understanding. And I was also afraid, I will say this, and it definitely ties back into brand voice. I still felt a sense that I needed to stifle my brand voice and not really speak my, my kind of my truth and, and the way I really wanted to, because I was the, the health professional, I was the nutrition counselor, and I shouldn't share that I was exactly right. And because why didn't I know all of the things that I needed to do? Because I'm human. I'm, you know, we have our own problems. And that's what actually fired my, my love and my passion for wanting to help women who had been in my shoes. But I still felt the need to kind of pull back on my story and not fully share and not fully allow my, my brand voice to bloom. But once I did, and once I got over those fears and not only started writing more and uh, producing more videos and doing more talks, so therefore allowing my, my brand voice to just be free and out there, it was yet another step in the evolution of my nutrition business. And again, blew it wide open because people were going, oh my gosh, she's, she's you know, willing to, to share her own story and her own struggles. And so I realized that being just that much more vulnerable, but just out there with it, it just allowed that connection to deepen. I feel like when you start getting people commenting or even private messaging you saying things like, oh, thank you for sharing this or, oh, you're so real, like those types of comments. And you like know you're onto something because that doesn't happen every day. So when you start to get that feedback, it's like, yes, <laughs> you know? So, okay. So let's say someone's listening right now and they're like, oh man, I, this is so cool. It's something I've never thought about before, but I think I need to start doing some work on my brand voice or my ideal client avatar, like what do you recommend? Where should people start as like the very first thing? The very first thing, if I could have had someone say these words to me, I truly think it would have been, aha, and it is just right like you talk. So developing your personal brand and therefore that that heart center of your personal brand being the brand voice, you're going to do yourself, you're going to shave off a whole lot of agony if you just consider what authentic slice of your very own personality, take all the things that you are and then infuse a nice big generous portion of that into your brand and what kind of persona and voice you want to dedicate to that. 
And of course, we talk about doing that, that research and digging deep into who your IC is, your ideal client. So there does have to be who are they? What do they do? How do they like to be spoken to? What language do they resonate with? And then how do you want to shape your brand persona, personality, and voice? And where is that beautiful marriage in between, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing for me to just carve my way in through the middle of that and find that, that point of marriage, that connection, the bridge was to just finally write like I talk. So again, the example, when I was writing blogs and then started guest blogging and uh, started writing a lot more for, for other people, when I began just loosening the reins and thinking I don't have to use these words, juicy, fresh, and sweet, and, and a way that I would never talk in real life, I wanted people reading my blog or even my guest blog or listening to a podcast like this. And then they have an interaction with me elsewhere. So some other digital touch point out there, another piece of content, a social post, or they meet me in real life and they go, yep, that's exactly how I remember you. You know, I want them to think they've come across the real deal and not this faked out persona online. And then I'm this little, you know, (laughs) meek and uh, quiet because when I'm online... I'm out there. I'm a pretty gregarious person. I'm pretty outspoken. You're going to hear some F-bombs. And if I just flip the switch and I'm a completely different person in real life, there's a complete disconnection there. That's lack of consistency and it's not believable. And you're going to confuse your audience because at the end of the day, people do business with people. And if you are not taking the necessary steps, including Um, being consistent with that evolving brand voice, even though it is evolving, you aren't going to be building that no like trust factor. And if you don't have trust, you don't have a business. It's so true. I, I, I don't mean to be so like put a period on the end of that one, but if you don't have trust, you don't have a business. Yeah. Especially with when you are your business, like (laughs) a thousand percent. So when you, I know you've probably worked with lots of people on these exact things. So is there any sort of number one or common or recurring mistake that you see a lot of people making in their copy or something like that, that you advise people to maybe look out for? Yeah, you bet. When um, I'm hired, for example, to do like a digital audit, I go right to their website because I want to see a lot of people will put together the website, whether themselves or with help. And I do urge you to get help with them because websites are are difficult. There's a lot of moving parts from the design to the development of it. And then the copy can be a really big deal. And it's not just a matter of kind of, you know, barfing your life story onto your homepage and just listing your, your services. There is a bit more finesse that's involved in it. And the first thing that I'm looking for is does it sound like them? Does it sound like a, a person is actually kind of using that website as their their front door, the welcome mat to their house? And the way that I'm identifying that is because I've had conversations with them before. I've been emailing back and forth. I've probably asked some, some specific questions to really get an idea of what that person's true voice is. What how they are in conversation, how they are in real life, and you know how close is that to what I'm seeing in the copy on the website. 
The second thing that I see is that consistency, and it's usually a lack of consistency. So I find people flip-flop a lot between what they think should be found on their homepage, their about page. Now, we could have a whole podcast about the about page. I'm sure you know that. And then the services page uh, and whatever other pages you've chosen to, to use. Perhaps it's a, you know, a blogging section. I do find that there is a lack of consistency just within brand voice, especially with, with language and the messaging can, it'll be one, you know, one type of message on the homepage, a completely different one is being really permeated through the services page. And then definitely through the blogs is where I do see a lot of inconsistency. So it's those two things. Does it actually sound like them, like a real person? Or are we kind of going for that? We're a great big, huge company. And the word we is used a lot. And the third thing I I find uh, specifically in the web copy that has to do with brand voice comes back to using the abouts rather than the twos in terms of your audience and speaking to them. So you're speaking about yourself, about your services, about your credentials, rather than speaking to your audience's struggles, their pain points, what do they need? Because ultimately, what they want to find on your website is what's in it for me? What are you going to do for me? Totally. So that that's what really needs to shine through in, in your web copy and your brand voice definitely is lending to addressing that. And I feel like this is definitely a place where working with a professional can skyrocket your progress on this because as we said, finding your brand voice or your brand identity and who you want to help is typically a windy road. So you might have written your about page a year ago and then you revamped your homepage and forgot to revamp your about page. And then, you know, sometimes it takes a set of fresh eyes to really come in and be like, okay, I I see where you're going, but like this could be tweaked, this could be tweaked. And sometimes you just, you're so in it that you can't even see what needs to be changed or you just, it just sort of maybe falls down on your to-do list. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I can see the value. And I know even my own website, if I went on it right now, I'm sure could use a lot of tweaking. So yeah, I get it. Well, that's so helpful. And do you think, like, when is the ideal time in someone's business journey to focus on this stuff? Like, do you work with someone who like just got out of school or is this more appropriate once you at least know who you want to help? Or like, when is the ideal time to work with a brand strategist? Absolutely. When I find people are just fresh out, I mean, they may have just graduated from or finished up their coursework within weeks, months, and there is a lot going on. There's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot to wrap your head around. And the first step is accepting that you're wearing different hats. Because if you are kind of in denial of that and, and you're only in that mind frame, that mindset of I'm, I'm a nutritionist. What, what on earth do I need to know about business or marketing or you know, what have you, uh, all, of those, all of those moving parts or balls in the air, it's a lot to handle. And brand voice is something that is going to be, we said, you've got to test it, test it, test it, try it on. It's like when you go to the store and you try on 50 different pairs of jeans and only one is going to fit quite right. And the one that you buy and take home still might not be right when you get there because then your mirror is different at home. <laughs> And that is the exact same thing with brand voice. It's going to take a couple of different tries 
like I said, for myself, it was, it was a couple year journey before it really just felt like it was, you know, in sync with what my audience was resonating with. And even my audience shifted. So, and in this little transition from uh, you know, making lemonade to Christine Solves, there's, there's been a little shift there as well. So when you're just starting out, this is not what you should be focusing on because a lot of different changes are going to happen. And brand voice is, is something that just needs to come a little bit more naturally. I find in the beginning, you're always trying to force so many like round pegs and square holes. And that's, that's just a phase you have to go through. We all have to do it to some extent. Whatever extent is going to be different for everyone, of course. But trying to force brand voice shouldn't be one of them right out of the gate. Thank you for saying that because I do feel like sometimes we have unrealistic expectations for ourselves when we're starting out and you don't realize how difficult it might be. But yeah, I I do agree that, you know, it just evolves naturally over time. And I think even you being on this podcast today for a new dietitian to listen to this conversation and even have this in their sphere of awareness is great because then when they do get a little more clarity, they'll know like what the next step should be for them, you know? So yeah, do you have any re- any recommended resources maybe for learning more about branding and copywriting? Well, I do have a very extensive blog actually myself. So that's that's on kristagonsalves.com blog. And that is 100% my focus these days is all about building your personal brand, how to take the necessary steps, what not to do in the beginning, or what not to focus on right out of the gate, what not to worry about. And of course, copywriting. But again, I'll just reiterate that I really want to shift from people thinking, I can't do it, I can't write, or I hate writing. That's actually usually what I hear more is they dislike writing. Too slow, not interesting, can't come up with ideas. I really want to push that envelope a little and say that everyone has the ability to write and no one can write your words better than you can. Sure, you might, and I really encourage you to have fresh eyes, get some fresh eyes on your writing for sure, but it's getting into that habit. And so where I go for my own, you know, inspiration and the the resources that, that I get fired up about I'm always tending towards how to pull out more stories. That's a huge trend right now in both branding and copywriting and marketing as a whole. I'm, I'm sure you're, you've heard that as well. So something I actually just came across and I'm really right in the middle of it. I'd love to recommend it. I have no affiliation whatsoever with it. It's just something that I'm reading is called Story Brand by Donald Miller. So it's it's a book that I'm reading online right now. I have downloaded that and I have not read it yet, but it's on my Kindle. <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah, for anyone listening, I don't know if if you guys have this in your city, but if you if you sign up for a library card, you can download a lot of these really awesome business books and for free on your Kindle. So definitely look into that if if it's a budgeting thing like almost every popular business book is like for free on your Kindle through your library. So I've been doing that a lot. I actually got mine through Audible the Audible app and I had gained points on it. So I've got that one plus a, a number of them uh, other kind of related uh, reading kind of topics on the same at for free. So free is always the best. <laughs> and I will definitely link to your blog 
on the show notes for this episode. So the link will be right there if you just head to my website and check out the show notes for this episode. So you also have a free five-day brand yourself challenge. Can you tell us more about that and where people can go to sign up? Yeah, you bet. So I launched this back a few months ago and we did this live rollout of it and it was so much fun. We just had this whole community of people coming together to challenge their personal brand in five days where I did a daily video challenge. We all worked through this workbook kind of, you know, sheet by sheet and ask those really hard questions that I said I work, you know, work on all of these really digging underneath the layers kind of stuff with my one-on-one branding clients. And so I gave those out to all of the uh, BYCers, as I call them, the, the Brand Yourself Challenge participants. And it was so great. It was so much fun that I've just kept it going. So now it's kind of a self-paced, you know, self-guided five-day challenge that's still running and it's still free. But I will tell you that I am working on a little paid version of the whole thing where it's going to be this five-day challenge and then just bring you uh, just as many resources as I can possibly muster. So if you want to grab that, that one is right on my homepage. You'll see the big old button for how to get it for free. Amazing. I'm going to go sign (laughs) up for that because I think I need to do some work on my branding as well. So thank you for creating that for all of us. So besides your website, is there anywhere else people should go to keep in touch with you? You bet. You can connect with me anywhere on socials at Krista Gonsalves Co. And that's Facebook, but I really do love hanging out on Instagram these days. I'm really figuring out these stories things. (laughs) They're just so much fun. So it it really allows me to tap into my creative side and I'm really enjoying video and so loving the the Instagram platform more and more these days. Same here. It was one of my like intentions for 2020. So I think I've posted five out of the first seven days of the month on my stories. So yeah, it, it is fun. It's a little addicting. <laughs> totally different from Facebook, but still really cool. Yeah. So thanks again for being here. I learned a lot. I know our listeners are going to learn a lot. And I hope that you have lots of people come sign up for your challenge and connect with you on social media because you have so much of value to offer for everyone here. So thank you so much. Thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. And I've loved talking today and connecting with your community. That was such a fun episode. To get the links to anything that we mentioned today, head to the show notes page at theunconventionalrd.com slash episode 007. And just a friendly reminder, if you're not already hanging out with me and our fabulous community of over 7,000, head over to the Unconventional RD community on Facebook and connect with us there. 